Hi. Hey, Jess, what is going on? How are you doing? It's been a while. It has been two years. I think it's been like three. Jeez, yeah. So we first met Bellman. Tell me, yeah, can you go through that real quick? Yeah, for sure. Um, So my freshman year of college, um, that summer, Kenny Chesney and his team, like, ran this contest um, for Belmont and MTSU students to create a music video for his newest song, All the Pretty Girls. Um, And the winner would get a scholarship and their video would become the official music video for that song of his. Um, And so me and my my friend, Will Renner, um, we decided to partner up and make a video together and so um how did you guys you guys went to to high school together right middle school lower middle school oh nice awesome um so yeah I I drove down to Richmond um which is only like a couple hours away from where I grew up um and where'd you grow up I grew up in the northern Virginia area suburbs of DC okay yeah um and so I drove down to Richmond and we made the video there. And so he brought you and a bunch of his other friends from high school, middle school, just growing up in that area um, to help out and be extras and that kind of thing um, and act in, in our music video. Um, so that was where you and I first met. Um, also, end of that story for anyone listening is uh, Will and I did actually end up winning that competition so if you look up Kenny Chesney's All the Pretty Girls that was the first uh big video that I ever created so that was that was really fun honestly that whole week was just probably one of the the best times of my life (laughs) Mm, yeah that was such I'm so grateful I got to be a part of that that was so amazing and y'all did such a great job thank you (laughs) (laughs) that was really fantastic Yeah, it was a good time. We had no idea what we were doing. I mean, at one point, like, this for sure would probably not fly on, like, any other set. But, like, there was no one above us, you know, and no one just stopped us from doing it. But we, to get a couple um, shots that we wanted specifically of the two main characters in, like, driving in a car, we, me and Will, put on our climbing harnesses and roped ourselves to the roof racks of this car while it was driving. We just, like, hung out on the side of it um, from this, like, rope and climbing harnesses to, like, film these shots. It was so fun, fun and kind of hilarious, but also, like, probably not ever going to um, see that on, like, a normal <laughs> normal film set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To be fair, like we we know the good like climbing knots to tie, so it was tied securely. We weren't. It wasn't like it wasn't really unsafe. Also, we weren't driving super fast, so it it was okay. It was okay. (laughs) So did you did y'all meet climbing? How did y'all become friends? Yeah, we we actually met the first time through a friend who um, we both like went to see this one time uh, at her work. Um, And so we met there briefly. um, But then we ran into each other climbing one time and we were like, Oh, Hey, I know you. And so then from there, we actually kind of became friends. Um, But we actually didn't really become like actual friends, if that makes sense. Like we were acquaintances, you know, from climbing. But we weren't actually friends until we decided to do this video together. And then um, we talked like multiple days a week for the better part of a month to plan it and kind of hammer out the story and what we were going for. And then spending that week together shooting and editing. um, That was when we really became friends, honestly. Amazing. Yeah, he's a great guy. Do you know what he's up to now? Um, I know that he is currently at home, I believe, but coming back to Nashville soon. Um, and he is working for a label, but I can't remember which one or exactly what his job is. <laughs> that is no. not much uh, specific information. I apologize, but. <laughs> no, no, it's totally, I'll have to catch up with him. Yeah, for sure. You should.
So can you tell the story that kind of brought you through that first major project up until why I most recently reconnected with you was this wonderful poem or piece of writing that you put out. And could I actually read that? Yeah, for sure. I got to pull this up. Oh, man. Let's see. I hope I don't cry or anything. (laughs) Oh, you're funny. No, I actually have written another one since then that I was going to see if I could read later, like kind of towards the end of me answering that question, I guess, or something. Yeah, please. I would love that. Okay, so I got this. It, It states, when we were the class of 2016, becoming the class of 2020, we joked that with 2020 vision, our futures looked bright, but no prescription could focus the view through these storm clouds glasses and rather than rays of light and feeling like grown-up birds preparing for flight it feels more like leaping into an abyss and yet somehow through the fog and the fear the darkness the sadness the anger the unknown and what is now the loss I still sense greatness and promise welcoming me into this place where my eyes fail I'm afraid to fail I'm afraid I might never taste my dreams. I'm afraid I might burn out. But this, as I fall into this unknown, might be the moment I learn to trust, hope, not to be daunted by the darkness rolling in, for total darkness is how a new moon begins. Let me not look to the skies or anything outside to give my future its light. Rather, let us return fire humanity, but not as Prometheus, Let us rediscover instead the torch we carry inside, whether a spark or a full-fledged flame, smoldering or raging, we will not go gentle. We will not roll over blaming our particular second in history. We will not wait for the light to return to us, but instead burn bright ourselves. And if anyone's flame is flickering out, let us lend our own until it catches. Today, I do not toss a graduation cap or walk across a stage to receive a $45,000 piece of paper, things I have mourned in all five stages multiple times. And now I will again, but I do, though it takes everything in me, walk forward one step at a time into the darkness, trusting the light I can into my fear, preparing to make my future. Chemistry tells us fire needs oxygen and for this moment I'll control what I can and just breathe so that I can give oxygen to the fire inside of me and a quote from Ecclesiastes 11.4 he who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap yep Mm. yeah wow I am speechless. Oh my gosh. So what, so how did you get to writing that? Please tell me the journey. Um, oh man. So <laughs> lots of things. <laughs> um, I, so I've always been a writer really, like from the time I could speak, I was writing things. I mean, honestly, before I could even physically write things down, I was just like, stringing words together you know writing songs and poems and I mean they were all garbage at first because I was like five but um but I've always been a writer I've always loved it and um and it's it's a really powerful way to communicate and express thoughts and feelings and stuff um and also it's for me it's always been a, a helpful way of of processing, um, processing and like dealing with, um, emotions. And so when I was in like seventh grade, I started, um, I started dealing with depression and have been ever since. Um, so that's 10 years now. Um, and really like one of the main things that got me through it was um was writing Uh, I primarily was writing songs at the time some poems also 
Um, but just kind of processing all of those feelings and and thoughts and I mean so much of it is illogical too but um, even though it seems logical um, and so when I would try to talk to people about it people who have not experienced depression they just they get frustrated and they don't understand why I feel the way I feel and think the things that I do and they can't understand why I can't just see why I'm being illogical and just get past it um and so I kind of quickly um quickly like learned to stop talking to people about it um because it was the opposite of helpful it just ended up in more tension you know because um they didn't understand what was wrong with me and and so they couldn't really help and since then I've also have realized like when I have developed close friendships with people and can talk to them about it I've begun to realize like in the past few years and and I I totally just don't even expect people to give advice anymore um because I know I actually it's funny I had this exact conversation with um one of my best friends last night um but I I know that it's not something that is easy even if you have experienced it it's not something that's easy to speak into and give advice to um and and so that's not really the goal when we share things um we being just generally people who deal with mental illness um I mean sometimes the goal is but but mainly it's just like hey, I'm in this vortex of, like, this is just pulling me down, and it's going to keep doing that until I just tell someone. But as soon as you tell someone, it doesn't necessarily fix it, but it gives you so much more strength, Um, or at least for me is what I've found. Because now back to, you know, more directly answering your question, um, for the past four or five years, um, I... I mean, more or less the whole time, but especially these past four years, really, um, in college, I have really been trying to just go it alone and um, and not really talk to people about it. Because, I mean, I, I came to a college where I didn't really know anybody starting off, um, so I didn't have any close friends here. Um, so right from the beginning, I didn't have anyone that I felt like I could talk to about things. Um, but then all of the friends that I was making really, um, with a couple exceptions, um, I, most of my friendships really haven't lasted much longer than like six months to a year. Um, so I never really have developed friendships to where I, I can feel comfortable sharing those kinds of things and like trust that like, this is a person that I want to share this very personal stuff with because I I can trust them with that you know um and and also like this whole time um so I used to want to be like a singer songwriter or something along those lines um like growing up pretty much my whole life until about junior year of, of high school I don't really know why but I just kind of suddenly was like no actually I think I'm gonna do film (laughs) and it was kind of more or less on a whim like I I thought about it but it wasn't like a super like I didn't think about it super in depth you know um it wasn't planned out or anything I just kind of felt like this is the direction that I feel like I should go instead um which I I hadn't done any filmmaking or anything before that so it kind of was random um but that is okay um and so coming to college and studying filmmaking it's been really challenging honestly um it's been fun and it's been great and I've learned a ton but like it's not it's been very difficult to learn something new I my whole life I was you know, I was writing, like I said, I was playing soccer and basketball, 
and those were kind of my thing and like singing and that kind of stuff kind of along with the writing but um those were my things and I didn't really once I found them I didn't really branch out from them so I got really good at them um and then I just stuck with them and I didn't really like I would I would try new things but never to the extent um that I did with with those other things because I had kind of just grown up with them and had been doing them for by the time I left high school for the better part of 18 years so like obviously doing something that long you're gonna get good at it um but then coming to college I wasn't studying music or songwriting um so I didn't do it quite as much as I had before that because of the workload and everything that I was dealing with. Um, and I wasn't playing soccer or basketball anymore. So all three of these like major things that I had had my entire life that I knew I was good at and just by doing them felt more valuable and just like good at something, you know? Um, I didn't have that anymore. I was doing something completely new to me and I didn't always feel very good at actually, I, I usually, especially earlier on in the program, I felt awful. I felt like I was never going to make it. Like I was never going to learn enough or be good enough or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and so it's kind of, it's entertaining to say that and then be like, oh yeah, but also like I created an, an award-winning like multiple weeks in a row, number one on CMT music video that summer. So it's kind of funny, but that's the way it felt, you know? <laughs> Um, it felt very difficult to be trying to learn and master this new thing because, you know, I have dreams and goals and I, I want to like do something with my career. Um, and not because I necessarily want to be like wealthy and famous and all of that. Um, but just because the kinds of projects that I want to work on, the kinds of stories I want to tell and the role that I want to have in making them. Like, I would need, I don't know, I, I wouldn't necessarily need to be wealthy and famous, but I would need to, like, work my way up somehow to some kind of level above where I currently am at, basically, you know? Um, and so it just, I don't know, it's been a real battle these four years um, dealing with depression and also all of that uncertainty because I like I have one of, okay I'm gonna kind of rewind a tiny bit also one of my favorite like song lyrics I I mean there's a lot of them um that just feel so directly applicable to my life but one that is applicable to this specific story um from the 21 pilot song um I, where is it? I wrote it down recently. It, the line is, I ponder of something great. My lungs will fill and then deflate. They fill with fire, exhale desire. I know it's dire my time today. And that's from their song, Car Radio. Um, and that is like, so exactly how I feel. I feel like I'm just like, I mean, I even wrote it in that poem that you read. Like I have this fire inside of me and like, I'm, I'm breathing and, and kind of fueling it and, and that kind of thing. But at the same time, having these depressive thoughts that feel like they're pulling me away from that and feel like, like I'm never going to get there. These dreams that I have are never going to come true. Like everything is always going to suck. Um, which again, I know it, it sounds so stupid and irrational, but like, it, it's kind of, and I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but it's kind of like just this weird duality um, where I, on the one hand, feel so confident and hopeful about these dreams and desires I have, but then at the same time, am believing that I won't ever have them. So it's, it's, it's weird. Um, but then, so also not really sharing these things with people like I said like when I do share with people it feels like it, it gives me strength to keep going with it um and so this senior year has been probably 
no, not probably, definitely the hardest year of college, um, like right pretty much until not quite the end because of the whole pandemic and everything like that definitely took a lot of the workload off for me, honestly. And that was great. Um, like it, it, I'll get there. It's kind of disappointing, but also was a huge stress relief at the time. Um, but right up until schools shut down and everything, I, it, this was from the beginning, the hardest year of my life. Um, I started off senior year with a concussion and that was when I was in pre-production for my capstone, which is a 15 minute short film. Um, I wrote, produced, directed, and was in the process of editing um, as my like final film project for my major. Um, and I'm, I'm studying motion pictures, or was, I graduated now. <laughs> it's like a couple weeks ago. Um, but <laughs> so fall semester was extremely difficult. Um, and then I was so thankful to be through it. Um, and I thought things were going to get easier from there because I did have an editor. Um, but then this semester started and we were in production. And once we wrapped production, she just wasn't really doing her job, honestly. Um, and it was costing me. Um, and I wasn't, I was not even close to willing to let that happen because I had poured, you know, a ton of work and energy and a lot of myself into this project and also money um, and so many sleepless nights and that kind of stuff, just like trying to finish everything and make it all come together the way I had envisioned it. And up until that point, it really had, it really had come together up until that point. And also like when I was on set directing, very few things in my life have felt better than that. I like when I directed my, um, junior level film it was the most stressful thing in the world I kind of hated it honestly like I I liked parts of it but essentially in hindsight I can see I was just unprepared and also had never really done that before I had directed that music video and some other like small things but I hadn't directed something narrative where I was like really working with a full crew and with cast members and and a um chronological story or anything like that um and so my junior level film was a whole different story but my capstone I I had really thoroughly prepared for this and um and also knew more what to expect as far as how stressful the job can be and the kinds of like on the spot problem solving you've got to do and those kinds of things and so I was I was thriving honestly that entire month of January because we filmed it was three weekends long, but quote unquote weekends are five days long. Um, we have Thursday <laughs> through Monday to film. Um, and so I would normally film um, Thursday night for a few hours and Monday morning or afternoon, depending on the weekend, um, for about a half day. One of the one of the Mondays, I think, was pretty much a full day. Um, so I was shooting for basically five days. Um, of the week so I was kind of just shooting every single day of January um, and it was wonderful and I loved directing it nothing has felt better truly and I finally felt like okay not that I have arrived or anything but I can do this like I absolutely can do this I feel so capable and all of the things that I've been learning for the past four years, like literally are coming together in this project, things that I hadn't even learned yet. I was learning on that project, things that I hadn't learned I was doing. Um, it was so great. And then my editor was not doing her job and I fought it for a couple of days because I was like, no, this is not happening. I need a break now. Like I have been exhausting myself over this project for months. I can't, I can't pick up her slack too. I'm not even an editor. Like I can do editing, but it's, it's slow. You know, I'm, it's not something that I'm practiced mm. at, but eventually I, I mean, I had a lot of conversations with her to try to fix the problem, to try to see why she wasn't getting the work done, try to see if we could make it work somehow. Um, but nothing ever did. She kept making mistakes she kept not doing the work the way it needed to be done. Um, and, and I'm, I mean, 
technical errors, not just artistic differences, because artistic differences is definitely something you can work through. Um, but technical mm -hmm. errors, that was going to screw up the actual like files. Um, and that was not a risk I was willing to take. And so eventually, when these issues weren't being fixed, I had to fire her and take over as lead editor myself. Um, and I had to restart from the beginning because I was catching some mistakes, but I didn't know if I was even seeing them all. So I, I couldn't really trust that I was. So I started over from the beginning. And, you know, looking back on it now, I, I'm not necessarily happy about the fact that I needed to take over editing, but I learned a lot from it and I think grew a lot from it. And even though it, it sucked to not have the kind of time to take care of myself this semester that I wanted, um, it was a very rewarding process while I was still in it. Um, and I, at the same time though, I was spending all of my days, um, pretty much the entire day in an editing suite by myself. Um, so mm. there's just like, you know, another, like, honestly, physical representation of that, like, solitude in my depression that I was kind of talking about where I wasn't really like seeing people or talking to people about it. Um, not that I never would, but I when I would have those moments where I really needed to talk to someone to like make it through that moment I wouldn't you know I would only talk to people kind of after the fact of like like if people because some people just kind of already know based on knowing me um that I I deal with it but I just would only kind of talk about it later or if they ask how I'm doing or that kind of thing I'll be like okay well yeah no it's been rough lately but you know I'm I'm okay I'm making it but in those moments when I really feel like I need someone to physically get me through that moment, I don't really reach out. Um, and so all of this is kind of uh, a long story up un until uh, this pandemic happens and suddenly I feel like everything that I've been fighting for um, is kind of just undercut and not worth anything anymore. Um, I felt mm -hmm. like with my capstone, I was finally feeling like I was capable and like maybe things would work out. Um, and then all of a sudden there are no job prospects. Um, I'm graduating and there are no jobs to be had kind of in general, but but specifically in making films, you know, because 10 or more people, <laughs> uh, you can't really yeah. make big films without, without a full crew and cast and all of that. So, um, so that was, that was rough. And also just, um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought for a second. <laughs> you just finished and you, we're experiencing the sense of being undercut. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, and there's also now this increasing isolation. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So I've been living alone through the pandemic also. Um, and not that I've been completely alone through it. Um, one of my friends from my ultimate Frisbee team, um, I've gotten really close with him and his family. And so I've still been seeing them because I don't go anywhere else. Like I only see them, um, but that's been super helpful. And I'm very, very grateful to them um, because that's really helped me get through this time also. Cause if I were completely isolated for this whole two months and you know, if it continues as well, um, that would drive me actually insane. Um, but yeah, so I'm feeling very um, kind of hopeless about jobs and the future and all. I mean, it's a big transition anyway, graduating and trying to make it in the world, you know? And so to, to do that, to graduate and try to go into the world 
trying to be independent, trying to make your dreams happen and all of that when nothing is happening um, and nothing is even really possible to happen because of a pandemic, that's just a very hopeless and dark feeling. Um, And so that's kind of where that poem came from was like, I'm graduating and this should be a big deal, but I'm not celebrating. I, I would love to be, but, um, but this, this stuff honestly hurts more than anything. I mean, I don't know if I would even call it, I mean, it did hurt in some ways, but, but mainly it was just this like constant heaviness that I felt and still sometimes feel honestly. Um, I'm definitely the past like week or so I've been getting a little bit better um, with it, feeling a little bit more okay with things. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I do feel more at peace, I guess, with just whatever it is that happens. And I'm doing the best I can to be more positive and find a little more light somewhere um, in all of this. So it's definitely been a little bit better uh, this past week. But then just to kind of wrap up the whole story, sorry, this has been so long. Um, no, don't be sorry. Thank you so much for yeah, expressing. Um, so the day before yesterday, so two nights ago, um, I was in the darkest mental health place of the past probably four or five years. Like I, I have not felt that that bad and that um, dark in a really long time um, to the point where I, I really, I was honestly kind of afraid for myself. Um, and because just all of those negative and false thoughts were just pulling me down again, like I was talking about. Um, and everything was just starting to seem so meaningless. Like, okay, all of these dreams that I have, you know, um, that I don't believe can happen and like all of this stuff. Um, and even if they did, I don't know, just, I mean, it was, it was a mess. And I, I really didn't know what to do with myself because I was like, I, if I stay by myself right now, I just feel like, um, something bad will happen, you know? Um, and I had this thought of like, well, you should call someone. And I kind of went through the list of, well, I mean, at first I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Like talking to people doesn't help. They don't ever say anything. They sometimes don't even respond well. And like, and also some of the negative thoughts that I deal with is like, even with my closest friends, I, for whatever reason, depression decides to tell me that I, um, that they think I'm annoying or like I'm bothering them or they are tired of me or like, you know, things like that. And it's like, that's totally not true. Like you guys are literally best friends, you know? Um, and, but that's just, again, that's how it works. It's not exactly, it doesn't make sense. Um, and so that's kind of how I was feeling. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to call anyone. Like, that's just, that's not something that I'm willing to do. And then it kept coming up as I tried to just kind of like white knuckle my way through that moment. Um, And so eventually I was like, okay, well, if I called someone, who would I even call? So I kind of am going through this like short list of people who I feel like I could call or would want to call. And for one reason or another was writing all of them off. But then I got to this one friend of mine who I actually haven't talked to in a couple months. Um, But I couldn't think of a good reason why I shouldn't call her. Um, And so I texted her. I asked if she was um, free. It was a little bit kind of later in the evening. It was like probably nine o'clock. And she right away was like, no, I'm, I'm totally 
uh, I'm totally available. Like call me, text me, FaceTime, whatever. Um, so we FaceTimed and immediately when I told her what was going on, she just so genuinely and immediately cared about what I was going through and like practically offered to help. And not that that is what needs to happen every single time, but she was like, do you need to come stay in our, our guest bedroom? Like it's open to you anytime. Like, please just let me know. Um, I had work the next morning. I literally started working at Home Depot the other day, just so I can be like saving some money during all of this to hopefully be able to pay rent in a couple months. But, um, but yeah, so that just kind of broke through all of that for me and helped me realize like, you don't, you're first of all, not alone. Second of all, you don't have to try to do this alone. In fact, that is your problem is that you're trying to do this alone. I've been trying for so many years to do it on my own. And that's just never going to work because we are not strong enough on our own to fight those negative, depressive thoughts. Um, And so I've had a few other discussions in the past, like 24 hours, like yesterday, since that happened the night before, um, really healthy conversations with some of my other close friends um, that have just been super helpful and, and just have, I've been able to express these things that I've been thinking and feeling and fearing and all of that. Um, And what do you think what do you think it is that I mean I think I know when I don't I know that I can't share with someone or I feel like I cannot there's not a space to be vulnerable because in the past when I've attempted to express my uh experience they don't affirm my reality mm-hmm. it's more of feelings are yeah. wrong uh something like that is is that do you relate yeah, to that Yeah no absolutely um my mom especially I love her to death but she responds that way to me a lot when I try to talk to her about what I'm experiencing um to be fair that also might partially be my fault because I don't think I've ever told her like naming it by what it is like I am dealing with depression so like this isn't just like normal logical thoughts and feelings um but whenever I talk to her about what I'm feeling, she very frequently does get annoyed with me. Um, Like you were saying, yeah, just kind of not understanding, not validating what it is that I'm going through, kind of making it seem like, well, your perception of reality is just wrong. And I'm like, no, 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 no. My perception is my perception. (laughs) Like, like maybe Mm -hmm. it's not truthful, but it is real to me. So like you telling me that it's not, right is the opposite of helpful (laughs) um so yeah I definitely I definitely feel that yeah connecting that to the the poem that I read earlier in terms of the like I totally agree there's a fire inside of me and sometimes it is just raging and I'm surrounded by people that are fanning my flames and experiences are fanning the flames and the fire is growing and then other times like the world collapses and there's nothing and the the flame is dwindling and I'm afraid to reach out for help because I feel like I gotta I gotta be the fire and I gotta light up everybody's mm-hmm. world all the time and you have to be that that positive happy uh gung-ho pull yourself up by your own bootstraps mm-hmm. type of person and it's so like you were talking about when someone's uh fire is dwindling that's that's your opportunity to lend them your flame until it until there's mm-hmm. re-catches so yeah having friends that listen and uh i guess try to understand my framework of reality so they can help me rekindle those flames or mm-hmm. arc so go out is so so potent in these yeah. times and I also like if there's anyone listening right now who is dealing with these things I also want to 
encourage them to reach out to people um, even if they don't necessarily feel like they do have friends that they can reach out to because that is part of it that is part of the lie of depression is like it it is like this parasite that just like makes you self-isolate and self-destruct and like I didn't think that I had people I could reach out to either like that's what that's why I've been trying to do it alone this whole time um I just felt like even the people that I was like quote unquote friends with um just didn't feel like I could reach out to them and actually like ask for help I thought even the ones that I could talk to about it and tell them hey this is something that is happening um it wasn't like a hey this is happening and I need your help it was just oh yeah like you want to know me a little bit better then I will tell you this is like part of my life so you know it was almost just like telling them what I had for dinner kind of thing you know um and so I didn't really feel like I could reach out to people but when I did I realized how false that idea had been that I I can reach out to people um and that has been super helpful um at least in the past like day um and so hopefully I'll remember that a little bit better going forward but so for anyone that's listening even if you don't think that you can reach out to those people in your life still try um because you might be surprised at the response that you get and the deeper friendship that comes from it and you know the the hope and healing and comfort that could come from that um it's definitely worth it and and it's not possible for us to do this on our own it really is not yep i fully agree fully support that anyone who's listening i'm always here too so reach out please uh it's a that vulnerability is often a gift that whoever you're reaching out to would be honored to receive so moving on what is your favorite failure oh boy um really i don't like failure like at all i so do you know about the enneagram at all so I am yeah. a type four wing three, but my wing three, the achiever is so, so, so strong. Um, and I think it is in part because I am the youngest of four siblings and are like, there are four of us total. I have three older siblings. That was confusing. Um, and they're all fantastic at all right. the things that they do. And so like, I, from a young age was always <laughs> just trying to like, compete with them you know like even in stupid things like ping pong Mm. and air hockey like my brothers would always beat me you know my sister would beat me in other things I don't remember specifically playing air hockey with her she probably beat me in that as well um but I was always just trying to like at least compete you know because it was like if it could be a good game and I still lost you know that's fine because I lost every time but like if I could get good enough to at least do that that was fine with me um but anyway so yeah I don't like failure at all but (laughs) um so I normally don't really think about them or hold on to them uh but you know it's okay um I think if I had to choose an answer for that though it would just be the entirety of my high school senior year basketball season um because we did not do very well in the postseason. We literally lost in the first round, which was kind of ironic because I, the year that I wasn't on the varsity team when I was watching as a freshman, the same exact thing happened. And I remember feeling like, oh, dang, that really sucks. Um, like, I feel so bad for those seniors and like all this stuff, you know? And then that is exactly what happened to me, which I think is really funny. Um, and, um, <laughs> But, like, at the same time, that season was the best season of basketball that I have ever played. And, like, there were so many moments where I was just, like, 
I was surprised at myself at how well I was playing. And it was because for whatever reason, I just finally felt like free to play. I wasn't worried about um, like the performance anxiety that I had had for so long. I just was like, this is it. Like, just play, just play the game. Just do what you know how to do. Like, don't worry about anything else. Like, this is possibly your last, you know, real, like, organized basketball games ever. So just do it. And, um, and I crushed that season, but like, we didn't do well, (laughs) you know? Um, (laughs) And that was okay. Like, and I was finally, so the girls above me, obviously, now that I was a senior, they had all graduated. Um, And so I was the point guard that season, finally. And, um, and so I was really like running the show. And, um, wow, this is, it's honestly making me kind of happy to just think about this, because I don't really think about this ever in my normal life for any reason, really, anymore. Um, But... (laughs) It was just so fun to finally get to do what I knew I could do the whole time, but, you know, hadn't really, for various reasons, been able to do um, or permitted to do. Mm -hmm. And so in our final game, um, okay, I'll give a little bit of context. Otherwise, this might just seem like me being a little bit of a a bitch, Um, but... (laughs) I so for I had been on the varsity team since sophomore year and for the first two years I was bullied a lot by the older girls um and so my sophomore year I like I had started out starting for the first like half of the season but then I had like one bad game um and because of my performance anxiety that stems from a lot of stuff with my um, relationship with this one very significant person in my life. Um, I just, I, I don't know. It just messed me up. You know, it was kind of like with, with golfers, the, um, the yips is up. That's what it's called. Right. That's basically what it was where like I had one bad game and then that bad game just turned into multiple bad games because I was just so like locked up in fear and stuff um and so eventually Mm I after a few games I like lost my starting spot um which totally made sense to me I knew it was coming but it was still really hard to deal with and not only did I lose my starting spot but I literally lost like pretty much virtually all of my playing time um and so it, it wasn't even like, oh, you're not starting, but like, we'll put you in, you know, to kind of like, I would, I wouldn't even be playing really. I would play like a couple minutes, a quarter or like part of, I don't know. I don't remember exactly the numbers, but it, it was not very much. Like it wasn't enough to really feel like I was able to do anything. Um, and then my junior year, I was a captain um and I mean in the meantime like through all of that like I had been working really hard to like get better from that like utter failure of sophomore year um and so junior year I came back a lot stronger a lot better um and so I earned a spot as a captain um but then the point guard of the team was another captain and she was the main girl who had been bullying me the year before and still bullied me that year and basically Mm. prevented me from doing anything as a captain. So like virtually like went against the coach's decisions to make kind of like cut me out of stuff and it was a whole mess and blah, 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 but it was fine. Um, but that season I did, um, I was starting again. I was playing a lot again. Um, I was a shooting guard because she was the point guard at the time um, since I came in after her, obviously. And so I didn't really feel like I was able to do as much as I knew that I could to help the team, especially because she was like a little bit of a ball hog anyway. But since she didn't like me, she really wouldn't give me the ball much. Um and 
so it just again it was just a mess but then so senior year she's gone I'm the point guard I am the only captain this season um and so and it just felt I felt so like validated through all of that crap um because I finally felt like yes someone sees me that like I've been doing all this work and it's all paying off now and like that kind of thing um and so that was a really great season overall um but then so in our final game um it was kind of unfortunate the entire district um that our school was in we were all very strong teams that year um there were just a lot of basketball playing female seniors in the district that year and so like all of the teams were really strong so like we were really good but there were just a lot of other really good teams also um so it was kind of a bummer because like we had been looking forward to that for years we were like oh my gosh like when we're seniors we're gonna kill it you know um and we were we were good (laughs) but like other teams were killing it too um so it was a bummer um But then, so we didn't win as many games as we like thought we would because there were a lot of close games that just didn't go our way um, and that kind of thing. And then by the end of the season, like half the team um, and the majority of the girls who played the most minutes on the floor um, just did not really care anymore. Um, So they had kind of given up on our season already And I felt like I was one of the only people with significant playing time who did still care and still wanted to see us go as far as we could and that kind of thing. And so in that last game, like I once again, like and for the last time of my life was just totally free um, to just play and go after it. And like I knew no one else was really going to gonna do that and so I was fighting my hardest to like make us win that game and I think I I scored more points that game than probably any other game of my high school career um and I was just you know taking the problem into my own hands I was like I refuse to let this happen and I wasn't like being a ball hog I just was like finally taking the opportunities that I had like I have always been a really good passer But because of that, I very frequently, like, freshman through junior year would, like, pass up opportunities where I could have and should have shot the ball. Because I'm a good shooter, too. But I would just pass it up because I thought someone else had a better um, shot or something. And my dad would always be like, just literally shoot the ball. Like, stop passing it so much. Like, shoot it yourself. (laughs) Um, And so, like, senior year, but especially that game, I finally just was. Like, I wouldn't take bad shots that, like, I was forcing or anything. I just was, like, I would see those opportunities and I would be confident enough to just do it. Um, And so then in the very end of the game, we were down, like, two points. Coach, in the last, like, few seconds of the game, tries to, like, draw up some play where this other girl – Um, would bring the ball up and like run this play but she essentially cut me out of the play um like she had this other girl doing my role um and then I wouldn't have been doing anything and I was just kind of like done with all of that I was like because that was kind of a a running thing also for the past couple years was like she favored this girl and her older sister who had been the one bullying me um she favored them so much and kind of just let them do whatever they wanted um, and didn't do anything about the, the bullying and backbiting and all of that, that was very obvious. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a clandestine thing. Like she could see it and she didn't do anything about it. Um, And I was just, I was tired of her letting the other two kind of just walk all over me and the other people on the team um, and making irrational decisions like letting her bring up the ball as the point guard when she's not a point guard and she wasn't the point guard either um, and letting her bring up the ball in those last crucial moments of our possibly final game of the season. And I just was like, 
are you kidding? Like, have you seen the work that I've been doing all season that you honored by making me the captain? Like, are you now just not going to trust me, you know, to like finish the job? I'm so confused. Um, but so I, I said, okay, watch out on the floor and told Nikki to go to her spot. And I took the ball up and we still lost. And I will stand by that decision till the day I die because, um, and this is why this is my favorite failure because I finally stood up for myself and was like, no, this is my role. I'm not letting you like walk over me in that way. Um, and like, make me feel lesser than or or any of that like they had been for years um and so I just was like no this is my job as the point guard and you're not gonna take away these last seconds of my basketball career um that's just not happening and so you know for those last few seconds I and the other girls on the the court put up a really good fight and we didn't come away with it, and that is okay. And I don't think we would have if I hadn't made that decision either. I think we were losing that game either way. Um, but I'm proud of myself for for doing what I did. So, yeah. I love that so much. I resonate so deeply with that. Getting to, I like what that brought up for me was dying mm-hmm. by your own sword. You, you captained your yep. fate, and uh, I think it's always better to bet yes, on yourself. Definitely. Okay, what about a favorite book, album, music, TV show, or movie? Something that you would oh, recommend man. to a friend? There are so many, though. Um, shoot, okay. Recently, as far as music, very recently, I have been introduced to the band Cave Town, and I'm a big fan. Um, they have quickly become one of my favorite um, groups. So I would definitely recommend them to anybody. Um, and then as far as um, movies, some of my favorites, granted, the list is like endlessly long. Um, that's not totally true. There is an end to it. But there are so many that are so good. And it's hard to compare, you know, because like different genres and stuff. Like how do you, I don't know, it's it's difficult to compare. But um, some right. of my favorites are Gladiator, Braveheart, Interstellar, and Arrival. Um, I mean, there's for sure others mm. in there on that list as well. But like, I freaking love those movies. Wow. Um so 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 good yeah beautiful so the last question i have is i'm changing it a little bit it was Mm -hmm. what are you looking forward to and frames like big moments and stuff so instead i would rather see what you are looking forward to in terms of small Um, moments yeah so i i definitely um, I, I remember like last week when we first were kind of talking about what these questions would be. Um, I remember being like, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to anything like big in life right now. But since then, because you brought that question to my mind consciously, um, I actually would have really been wrestling with that. Like pretty much every day since is like, okay, that's not acceptable to me. Like that you just have nothing to look forward to. Like, sure. It, everything's uncertain. So you can't, technically be looking forward to things but what can you be looking forward to and so I actually was already kind of making that transition in my own mind to be like what small things do I still have though um and so I like today I'm looking forward to working out and then watching um a movie or two with my friend um and also I am probably moving home um when my lease ends um at least for a few months to just be like saving money and stuff while everything still is settling down, you know? Um, And again, I'm from the DC suburbs. And so one thing I'm looking forward to is that if I am back there, um, when things do open back up, I really want to visit some museums that I haven't seen yet, even though I've lived there my whole life. 
um, specifically the African American History Museum and the Holocaust Museum and also the Bible Museum. I feel like those three are all really cool ones and I just have not gotten around to them yet. Um, So that's definitely one thing that I'm looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to being able to see and hang out with and hug my parents and sister um because man it's been a while Mm. um also just like you know being in this pandemic like there's not physical contact so I definitely am missing that yeah so yeah oh beautiful beautiful thank you so much for your time and your courage and your vulnerability and just expressing yourself it has been been an honor this was good I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and enjoy Thank your you. workout you have and a movie. Wonderful day as well. It was good to talk to you for a bit. Bye. Yeah.